Welcome to Sustainable 88. 88, two fat ladies, that's us. We are your friendly little... Well, okay, one fat lady and one fat man. Uh, We are your friendly environment podcast, all about people and the planet, and why, despite everything being peculiar, we can still find time for a chuckle about it every now and then, isn't we all? And, and, what have we got coming up this week then? Oh, we've got some exciting things coming out this week, Dave. What would you say is the overriding characteristic of Formula One motor car racing? Uh, it's silly and done by bellends. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Well, another one is it's a bit over the top. I think that's what you meant by silly. Other things that are over the top this week is how lorry drivers are now going to be able to throw their rubbish out of their cabs over the top of their closed doors. Crazy. Also over the top, not this week, but quite recently, is an incredible response by the Kenyan government to anybody who looks like they might have a plastic bag. We will be talking about that. And finally, and this one I'm very pleased about, what is the thing that goes over the top of the ocean? Uh, Birds. No, wind, innit? Oh, wind. 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 (laughs) We're going to be talking about... Goes over the top of the ocean. We're going to be talking about some wind... And offshore wind turbines are right. over the wind over the top of right. So it's an over the top theme. Uh, just the usual disclaimer before we start: we do work for environmental charities, but these are very much our own views. So if you have any problem with anything that comes over the top in your direction, take it up with me and him, and not with anyone for whom we work. Yes, and oh, listener, this week bonus excitement because Oll is in charge of the baby. Inya. Didn't yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. So small scheduling error in uh, <laughs> that Mrs. Ol isn't here. Uh, so if the baby wakes up, there'll be a small interlude. Sustainable of the week. So, Sustainer Babble of the Week. This is the section where we have a look at some of the egregious eco-guff that has been spoken, usually by famous people, trying to sound green and getting it all wrong. They don't come much more famous or much more guffy than the person we got this week. Who is it, Dave? Well, do you know what Formula One is? Yeah, I asked you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true. You did ask me that. You said uh, it was silly and round and round or something. Well, imagine I am a Martian. Thinking cap on. Imagine Dave is a Martian. Hello. Bloop, 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 bloop. I come in peace. Bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> this is a me Martian, a Martian from Denmark. Martian from Denmark. Yes, stop. Dark. Um, oh, no, imagine I'm a Martian. That's yeah. That's stop. But this with this planet made of cheese. You're sh- no, that's not made of cheese. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> Ferrero Rocher is not made of cheese either. Anyway, what? Imagine I'm a Martian. Explain to me, and for you know, we do have an international audience. Explain what Formula mm. One is without uh, as if I didn't know. Off you go. All right, racing. It's racing in cars. 
is people in cars driving around as fast as they can, racing each other. <laughs> Very good. It's surprisingly easy to do, actually, isn't it? One light, two lights, three lights, four lights, five lights, and it's going uh, what, What's happened is the, the most, one of the most famousest of these Formula One drivers of all is a man called Lewis Hamilton. This bloke. My pure hate for these people. Always asking me questions. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's proper famous, isn't he? Because he's proper good. He's like he was stupidly young when he nearly won in his first season. He came second in his first season, and he's yeah, proper amazing, talented driver. Everyone says that, you know, regardless of what car he's in, he's always he's always the best driver. So is he cool. as good a driver as me? I've been driven by you, yes, and you drive like an occasional vegan, <laughs> and it was horrible <laughs> and scary. What do occasional vegans drive like. You were all like, oh, I'm going to drive as if this is totally normal and I do it all the time and I'm very comfortable with it. And I wasn't comfortable with it. Well, still alive, aren't we? Just about. Shut up and listen, right? So, Lewis Hamilton, he drives cars for a living. Big cars with big engines that make big noise for Mm. big men. Uh, That's what he does. He drives them very, very fast. And he's come out this week and he's had some, he's come over all peculiar old. He's come, well, he's come over all Dave. He's, oh, he, God. He's, he's done a Dave. Um, he has said this. As the human race, what we are doing to the world, the pollution coming from the amount of cows that are being produced is incredible. They say it is more than what we produce with our flights and our cars, which is kind of crazy to think. The cruelty is horrible, and I don't necessarily want to support that, and I want to live a healthier life. Whoa, 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 whoa. So hang on, what's he saying there? He's saying he's he's not going to eat animals or stuff that comes out of them. Yeah. He says the cruelty, he says, is horrible. He don't want to support it. And there's all this stuff coming out of cows, what are being produced. And it's bad. And he don't want none of that. He is going to be... Play the militant vegan musical. Oh, yes. A militant vegan. If you gain weight from too much chow, I will never call you a cow. I respect you and cows. Don't use cow as an insult. If you eat Do you think when he's like getting ready for a race and he's walking out onto the track and he's got headphones in, he's getting all pumped, he's listening to this? <laughs> oh, I do hope so. Um, and he says, uh, every person I have met who has gone vegan says it is the best decision they have ever made. Everyone. What's, the best, what's the best decision you've ever made, Dave? Well, I wasn't starting this podcast with you, that's for damn sure <laughs> I will never call you a sheep. So, good thing. Good thing. Yeah. Celebrity, very famous one, uh, is coming overall vegan. It's exciting, isn't it? And that's it good because if you are a vegan, as everyone knows, not only do you go straight to heaven and <laughs> you have all of the bragging rights over everything because you are the greenest person in the world. You are not contributing to methane off of cows or to land use off of cows or to the horrible dairy industry or any of that horrible stuff. You are being green. Are you a vegan? Oh. And you get to be self-righteous, smug, <laughs> self-satisfied, um, and permanent resident of the highest of moral high grounds. Well done, Dave. And Lewis we Hamilton. We all love you. And Lewis Hamilton, yeah. Given the sport he's in, good for him. Because, look, it's not on a par with, you know, footballers 
coming out and that's obviously a, a massively kind of you know, it's a different issue and a different magnitude of challenge but it's a similar thing isn't it very macho kind of male dominated lad red meat kind of sport uh, and I would imagine that it wouldn't be the most natural places to get a warm reception for going vegan so good on him well done him mm. Mm. what no but oh yeah Formula, what's the thing about Formula? You know this thing what Lewis Hamilton does for a living? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not exactly like singing Kumbaya in a meadow and stroking <laughs> kittens, is it? Like, environmentally speaking, while I fully accept that it's all very well and good that he has decided to give up the murder, yeah, isn't what he does for a living spewing colossal amounts of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere and getting very rich out of the process and making everyone buy cars and making millions and millions and millions buy cars? Car salesman. No, but a he's part of, that. of cars. Uh, you remember back in episode six when we talked about Top Gear and we talked about silly macho men liking oh, yeah. silly Vegas, macho. Yeah. Yeah cars shut up and listen you remember all that right well this is all part of it isn't it it's all like well cars were noise noise were cars were petrol it's all that and that's what he does for a living and more importantly uh you know these teams flying hundreds of thousands of miles across the globe all year round going to swanky testing everywhere all the fans that fly to it yeah i get it it's a big big emitting gumphing, horrible, burping, planet-wrecking sport. But how many, I don't know, how many cars are there in Formula One? What, 40? Yeah. Well, that's probably more than that, but yeah, okay. Well, yeah, okay. Let's say, oh, it's probably, what are they? They've got spares, 20 teams or something, they've all got spares. Let's call it 60, something like that. I don't know. Right, yeah. How many cars are there, cars, in the world? Well, that's more than 60. It is more than 60. It's 1.2 billion so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit more worried about, you know, there being 1.2 billion cars and the emissions of them cars than I am about 60 cars going round in a circle. Like, no, if, but you, if you cancelled Formula One and Lewis Hamilton wasn't a thing anymore, the planet would still be absolutely knackered, right? But yeah, so, okay, that, yeah, that's true. But the point... Slack. No, but he can have some slack. I'm not saying he's an inhoff, but I am saying this is babble, right? I'm saying it's babble to bang on about, to say, as the human race, what we are doing to the world, dot, 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 is incredible. They say it is more than what we produce with our flights and our cars, he says, which is kind of crazy to think. The point is, right, he does a thing. He does a job. His job is entirely about spewing carbon dioxide really fast, really loudly into the atmosphere. That's what his job is. If he was that worried about it, he should stop doing that. That's what he should do. He could quit tomorrow. He could say, I care so much about the planet. I'm not going to do that anymore. And instead, I'm going to give all my money to a home for poor, sad donkeys. Not Not the donkeys. I cannot abide people who give money to donkeys and trees. Right, anyway, look, I'm being a bit silly here, Ol. Ha ha. Let's all lol at Unlike you. Yes, because actually I did some research. I've been cycling. I've been cycling. I've been in Wales. I went cycling with my friend Neil. Sometimes listens to this podcast and Neil loves petrol. He loves petrol (laughs) and he thinks it's amazing. And if he could, he he would marry petrol and settle down with petrol in a nice little road. Just the two of them. Um, oh, and he told me all story. about... It's lovely, isn't it? 
I asked him about this. I said, Formula One, uh, really dirty, horrible in Hoffs. He said, no, no, he said, <laughs> no, no, no. And he sat me down and he said, now shut up and listen. And what he said was, um, actually, it's really cleaned its game up. It's cleaned its game up well quickly, Formula One, for all sorts of reasons. But like in 2014, just an example, all these new regulations come in in Formula One which uh, were brought in, like, because, as far as I can work out, because some of the teams actually asked for them, um, it's because they had all these, these teams set themselves like carbon reduction targets and, the, you know, and all of that sort of stuff, which basically, like, overnight reduced by a third the carbon emissions from engines. And it made, <laughs> it's really funny, it really, really, really annoyed Australians. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, it is a definitely good thing. <laughs> well, not all Australians, but there's this guy who put on the Australian Grand Prix, a guy called Ron Walker. Um, and he said, uh, the new sound, because they sound like this. Hang on, I'm going to play it. Here's this thing. I'll play this in the background, right? This is the noise of the how the cars sound now. And this is how they sounded before. You know that. So now it's, it's really changed the noise. It's made the engines just much less kind of screamy. Um, and the Australian... I like the newer one, like the, taking everything about it, the eco-ness of it out of the picture. I, I like the sound of the more sort of grumbly one rather than the kind of... Yeah, well, me too. Me too. Oh, but it's like a wasp. But See, you're episode, not... Whatever. Uh, 72. But you're not Australian Grand Prix chairman Ron Walker, who said in 2014, the sound is a disgrace. When the car comes down the straight, you can't even hear it. <laughs> now yeah. every promoter is worried it's going to turn fans away. I didn't buy a wimp. I brought a giant <laughs> with noise. Oh we did a God. survey of the fans and they don't care about saving fuel. They want to see gladiatorial drivers fighting each other. Oh, That's the 1970s said. called and they want their yeah. bigot back. So all of these uh, car so things like Renault and Mercedes and things like that that make what actual cars, one of your 1.2 billion cars, what actual people buy, right? And mm. it's all this stuff that they do in Formula One first, because if you think about it, you remember back in episode 40, we talked Baby. about space. You remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. And old innovation and stuff and how stuff that was invented for going to Mars, turn, or we haven't been to Mars, going to the moon, turned out to be well useful for like everyday life. Yeah, well, same with this. Formula One, basically, if you can put your pointless engine around the track faster than anyone else, you win all the money, right? And so that's all about, if you can make your pointless engine, like, lighter than anyone else, or you can make your pointless engine, like, more efficient than anyone else, you're going to win all the money. So there's all this stuff the Formula One has done, like the kinetic energy recovery system, Ol. Oh, play, oh, crikey, play the kinetic energy recovery system music, Dave. Oh, there it is. Oh, my God. Which, as you know, stores energy created under braking to give under a boost braking. to acceleration. Uh, so oh. this was invented in... For Turn it off. Sorry. So this was invented in Formula One, uh, basically, and now it's in all your hybrid cars. So it's, yeah. it's a technology that, like, you know, you break your engine, goes, in, charges up your battery, make battery car go faster. Good. Clever. Yeah, well clever. Um, also, uh, other things as well, none of which I have in front of me right now. But um, oh, Tell me about some of those other things as well, Dave. Uh, I don't know cars, don't care about cars really, and some of it makes my eyes go funny. You were pointing out that, you know, a lot of people go to see Formula One and yes. 
the teams fly around all over the place testing and everything. It's not just the races, is it? They do clever testing all over the place. But yeah, a lot of people go. There's, it's high consumption. It's conspicuous consumption. I'm sure an awful lot of cows are harmed in the making of a Formula One race, right? But it's still quite small compared to something like, I don't know, football. Yeah. You know, the amount of football games. episode 53. Exactly. The amount of football games that go on every single weekend uh, in most Western countries. I mean... Yeah, it pales into insignificance. So I think there are there are other sports that come up against the wall first ahead of Formula One, even though it is very obviously about pointlessly burning a fossil fuel. Yeah, like the Tour de France, bloody what? cyclists, bloody what? cyclists. You're uh, a bloody cyclist. You just well, you just spent a week in the Tour de Wales. You're a cyclist. I know I did, but what I didn't do was attract a great big uh, army of of spectators travelling uh, seven hundred and forty. Don't be modest. seven hundred and forty kilometres each to come and watch it. Um, and like the tour, this Cardiff University done a study of the Tour de France, and they said the land area required to support the Tour de France is estimated to be fifty. 57,000 global hectares, which is 143 times global the size of the London hectares? Olympics, apparently. What's a global hectare? Well, it's, uh, you know, a hectare. Yeah. It's like a foreign one, like uh, one from <laughs> Peru. That's horrible. That's loads. I thought cycling was all about, you know, just you and your bike and your pedals and your sore bottom and that was it. Well, this is the point, isn't it? And this is what we concluded in episode 53 when we talked about football. Your actual basics of the sport itself can be green or not green, but the actual basics of the actual sport itself is only like a teeny tiny little pinprick of the huge environmental impact of like all of the people getting there and all of the stuff that makes it and all of the, do you remember the non-recyclable cups that people drink their stuff out of and all of that sort of hoo-ha, right? So basically, even though Formula One is, I mean, it is as vulgar as it gets and it is as sort of, you know, horrible conspicuous consumption-y you know supermodels in bikinis whoa look at that look at the yeah. laps on that one it's just it, you know it and is it's all, you know, it's all sponsored by oil companies and was tobacco before that wasn't it and it's like you know it's it's a showcase for the big evil car companies of the world it's, it's pretty it's pretty distasteful Bernie Eccleston not exactly a lovely puppy is he no but also, just do you know the other thing there? There's now Formula E. <gasps> yeah, I did know that. I did know that. And I'd always assumed it was just a bit boring, a bit like Formula One is, until, right, until I read a Guardian article about it, where Damien Carrington, the environment editor, got sent to Formula E. And I bet he thought, oh, my God, this is... He's going to keep his head down when he gets there, isn't he? Who are you What's from? Formula E? What? We haven't said what the E stands for. Oh, sorry. Electric. E for electric. Ah, so these are Formula... Oh, sorry, Dave. Yeah, good point. These are Formula One cars, except they're not Formula One cars because they are totally battery-powered. They are electric cars, and they go whiz, whiz, whiz. And I have to admit, I mean... Pretty short, if, these races, aren't they? <laughs> if, the, if the Australian chap who was annoyed by the noise of the new, slightly more efficient petrol-based cars heard the noise that these electric cars make, I think he would... <laughs> He would explode. Just because, to, I mean, to, to, to they go like is. this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty irritating noise. More babble. Oh, we have been away for a while, to be fair. The babble does pile up. 
Has uh, Baby Ol woken up yet, by the way? Uh, no, he uh, he is still, by the looks of things, asleep. Um, that or the uh, the baby monitor's frozen and he's flailing around in <laughs> silence and darkness. Uh, but <laughs> let's, let's hope it's the fall. Either way, there's not much you can do about it, is there? <laughs> right. That's how it works, right? Um, yeah. So, yes, what's been happening? What's this thing that looks like a Teletubby tube? Oh, my God. Right, let's not dwell on this because it is the worst thing ever. But, ha, huh, you know, oh, God. You know how we're all, like... <laughs> useless sacks of water that are too lazy yes. to do anything useful you know how like modern don't deserve life, things do we really yeah modern life just makes things pointlessly easy in the name of convenience and actually all that does is make us get fat and die quicker and depressed and everything yes well modern life well done you've done more because now the highways agency have stepped in and they've decided that it is too much effort for people to get out of their cars and lorries and go to bins and they've created Big old like funnel bins on the side of the road that people can throw their rubbish into without having to leave their car. Give me strength. And these things are amazing. They do look like um, they either look like the Teletubby thing that this thing that oh. you know tells them all to go to bed, or it looks like Madame Edith's mother's ear tube, if that makes any <laughs> sense to you. Or, or it looks like the thing that Super Mario goes down at the end of every yes, uh, at the end of every level. They're the big cartoonish red things that are at the level of a car window or a lorry window into which you chuck your burger wrappers or your crisp packets or all this other stuff because you cannot be bothered to get off your ass. or in fact even worse even worse no it's not that is it it's not about getting on your ass stay on your ass stay on your ass with your burger wrappers and then the next time you get off your ass for any reason whatsoever take the burger wrappers with you then and put them in the bin. But people don't do that. What they do is they drive along the roads in their lorries or their cars and they wind down the windows and they chuck it out. Chuck it out. They do all over. Just chuck it out into the mouths of hedgehogs and pandas and the ugly fish. Straight out the window. It's, and rather than going, oh. you're going to prison if you do that, mate, they've now made these stupid bloody tubes. It's, oh God, it is annoying, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> you shouldn't pander to this stuff. You shouldn't go, okay, oh, people are going to be absolute knobheads and throw non-biodegradable litter out of the window indiscriminately. So let's just try and catch some of it when they do. Just tell them not to be knobheads or like fine them for being knobheads or send them to the clink for being knobheads. No, nope, oh, that's not good God. enough. As the highways agency says... The funnel bins make it easier for drivers to dispose of their litter responsibly without the need to get out of their vehicles. There you are, oh. There we yeah, are. That's that all fixed. I bet they feel well responsible when they're lobbing their half-eaten burger out the window. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Oh God, God, Dave! This is this is the sort of this is the sort of thing that makes me think there is no hope. You know, like I'm an optimist generally, and we like talking about reason to be cheerful and people doing good things and how you know clever technology can make things better. But this is just this just makes me think no, everyone's a knob. And do you know what also makes me think everyone's a knob is. <laughs> which I think is where George Monbiot is at at the moment. The Guardian columnist is he's in a particularly gloomy frame of mind <laughs> at the moment. He's gone off on one of his little avenues of, of despair, and um, I'm sure we'll be back sometime soon. But in on the way there, he wrote an article about how everything was awful, mainly because like you can now buy everything that you don't need, including, and there are some good things in here, you can get a, <laughs> you can get a selfie toaster, that burns an image what? of your own face onto your bread. 
I mean, that sounds, that sounds quite fun. Why? And you know what people are going to be taking pictures yes. of, don't you? Absolutely. It's not going to be their faces. Okay. No. Would you like some toast, Grandma? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know how that got on there. Oh, you are awful. But I like you. Auntie in off of the week. Made a wrong turn at 17. Took me down a one-way street. So anti enough of the week. Uh, I mean, it's of the of the year of, of ever, really. I think when we get into this one, yeah, this is this is the section named after the good people, the people who have, have who have done good things. Unlike that American senator Jim Inhofe, who is a massive, massive ball ache because he thinks climate change is not real because there's still snow. Anyway, this is about the good people, and oh, this is. I mean, this is this is impressive. Put it that way. This is good. Uh, <laughs> this is you know, this is this is strict. This what this is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is this is there being rules and people having to stick to the rules or face massive consequences. There are plastic bags in the world, Dave, and we have talked about that being a problem. We've talked about little itty bits of plastic, like microbeads being a problem. See episode 59, I believe. Um, And everyone seems to be agreeing that plastic bags need to be got rid of. And we've done things in this country like say, well, we're going to charge you for having them. And now Tesco is saying, now we're not going to sell them at all. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, that is good. So we are making small progress. However, it is an order of magnitude different to the approach taken by Kenya, who, according to a report in a newspaper that looks a bit pink in colour, so it might be the FT or maybe it's a world one. I don't know. <laughs> it's the <laughs> FT, you dullard. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, according to a report, Kenya has imposed the world's toughest laws to reduce plastic pollution with people selling or using plastic bags facing up to four years <laughs> four years in prison and fines of up to four million Kenyan shillings, which equates to about 38,750 US dollars. For using a plastic bag? <laughs> for you can using- get a nick for four years and have a fine of $38,000. I mean, it would make you think twice, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, the ban, it says here, was implemented in the face of resistance from the plastics industry. <laughs> you really? Don't, you don't say. <laughs> no shit. Well, in episode so, uh, 59, yeah. when we talked about microbeads, we talked for ages about like all of the meany, meany little sort of whiny noises that the plastic industry makes. Oh, you can't ban plastic. You can't ban microbeads because we're doing it anyway and leave us alone. Right? And the government's like, well, yeah, very, very, yes, of course, poor little plastics industry, come here and have a cuddle, right? In Kenya, they just go, no, you sell plastic bags, we're putting you in prison for four years. Porridge for you, mate. I hope, bird. I, I hope, um, I hope Kenya's prisons are big. Because, I mean, <laughs> and I hope they're like, their promotion campaign for this new ban is equally big. Because otherwise, it's going to be an awful lot of people doing what they've always done, suddenly finding they're in handcuffs and, um, you know, in a sharing a cell with someone they'd rather not share a cell with. No, but that's the thing. This is what's so good about it. They texted everyone in Kenya. The government, you got a text off oh, the government I going, use a plastic bag, <laughs> use a plastic bag, and you're going to prison, <laughs> chum. That's what they did. P.S. Lol, love the government, right? That's what you need to do. You just go to prison. 
That's it. That's what we need to do. We need to find every Inhofe of the week should be put in prison. And I think the Kenyan government are amazing and they should be put in charge of stuff. Reasons to be cheerful. So, reasons to be cheerful, and we are cheerful this week, you can hear it in our voice, and that is mainly because we have not talked about all the god-awful apocalyptic things that have been happening around the world since we've been off. Like natural disasters and that sort of stuff in America, and hurricanes in the Caribbean and all of that hoo-ha. I'll tell you what though, oh, if you do want to hear me, not you, me talking about that on a podcast, go and listen to the most recent episode of Partly Political Broadcast, which is a wonderful podcast by Tiernan Dweeb, whose name I can't pronounce, but he's a stand-up comedian, does Very Clever Politics podcast, and he got me on it to talk about natural disasters and why they're happening and why Donald Trump is a toe rag. So go and listen to that. Very nice. The partly political broadcast, you say? Partly political broadcast. Didn't get you on it, got me on it. Just me. Well, even better then. Uh, What are we talking about? Oh yeah, good stuff. Reason to be cheerful. The reason we are happy is because renewable energy has got cheap. Yes, very cheap. In the UK, this is now. Offshore wind farms, which are great big, galumphing, great uh, eco-crucifixes in the sea, which shred birds. Go back and listen to episode 58 for more on eco-crucifixes shedding birds. Um, They are cheap. They are very, very cheap now. Government has said, in fact, you know what, we should fess up on this, shouldn't we? This is the second time we've <laughs> recorded this section because it took us about 10 minutes of arguing quite heatedly with each other mm. before it emerged that we didn't really know what was going on. Yes. It turns out neither of us had the faintest <laughs> understanding of what all this was. Is. Dave tried to get me to explain it in 30 seconds. I couldn't. Yes. Then I tried to explain it without the pressure of a timer which I couldn't. Then he tried to do it, and then I realised he was completely wrong. Then he realised he was completely wrong. Then we had our argument, and then we started again. So (laughs) so, I don't know what we're going to say. Well, what we're going to say is wind turbines in the sea have always been very expensive to build, but now a load of the companies who build them have said they can do them well cheap. And this is very good news, because uh, ultimately we pay for them. Anyone who has an electricity or gas bill pays for them out of those bills and it's good for us to have to spend less on that and also uh, should mean that these companies can make more of them which is good and we're going to need loads and loads and loads more so the only thing I did want to say is this yeah and I don't want to be all sour puss grumpy face about this but I'm gonna be because no reason to be cheerful can be allowed to exist for too long before I whittle on its chips Um, so you remember when like, the government said, this is how we're going to do it from now on, you lot. You don't get big, fat piles of cash anymore to have your offshore wind turbines. What you've got to do is, like, whoever can do this for the cheapest wins. Um, and all of the people, all the greenie groups, they come out and said, what, this is an outrage, you won't be able to do it, it's taking all the money away, blah, 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 blah. And now all them same people are coming out and saying, see, see how cheap it all is, all this offshore wind... And the government, oh, I've got hiccups. <laughs> I turn him round. And, <laughs> ooh, 
the government are turning around and they're saying, well, that's what we said was going to happen, mate. That's why, you know, we, we said we were going to force the price down and they forced the price down and they've actually made companies go, ooh, yeah, maybe we can build it a bit cheaper. You know, maybe we don't need all that foundations and all of those like health and safety precautions and all of that. Maybe we can just whack it up. <laughs> For clarity, so- <laughs> there are still going to be foundations on huge 200 metre offshore wind turbines, um, but apparently they're not as expensive anymore. So that is just about it for another episode of Babble. Given that we haven't done one of these for a while, I think we just about got through it. And thank you, Dave, for all your magnificence. As ever. thank you all for your beautiful splendour and your wearing of a baseball cap the wrong way round, which I have not hitherto commented on, but it does make you look a great deal like either Bill or Ted, whichever you prefer. <laughs> Um, thank you, as always, to the legendary Dickie Moore for the music that starts, ends and intertwinkles this here podcast. And thank you to Arabella for so nobly reading out the eco-guff. And welcome back, Arabella, after a summer of freedom. Eight-year-old Arabella. She turned eight oh. while we were away. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, birthday to you. I hate it when you do this. I hate it when you do Happy birthday to you. Hey! You can get in touch with us. Tell us what you think of the show. Thank you to all of those people who are giving it reviews. We love the reviews on your podcast medium of choice. Keep them coming. You can drop us an email to hello at sustainababble.fish. Find us on Facebook. Just search Sustainababble. Or find us on Twitter at The Babble Wagon. Right, that's just about it. Thank you very much for being here and being magnificent. We'll be back next week. For goodness sake, don't accidentally go to Kenya and buy a plastic bag. Bye. Bye. Has, um, has he woken up then? Nope. Not at all? Nope. Do you want to just go and check he is actually, you know, still there? Uh, uh, okay, I mean, all right. I don't quite understand why I'm getting parenting tips from you, but uh, let's, go, let's go and see. Where are you?